0: Good evening. It's 8 o'clock on the button. It's Friday the 15th of January 2021. This is The Strife of Brian, the first in a series of live, interactive listener takeover radio shows. And Brian Abram is with us. I'll get him to introduce himself in just a moment. Also in the studio with us, we have the fabulous Maria and Ian Rocky.
1: This is our listener takeover, a series of live radio shows bringing you informative, Educational and on-topic themed content on learnradio.net
0: Brian, can I get you to start us off and introduce yourself?
2: Real name is Brian Abram, real person, real um, paraplegic in a wheelchair. And um, I have friends and and to be fair, and this is no um, disrespect to my friends, but they don't always fully understand what it means to have a spinal injury and, and be paraplegic there's a lot of discussion between me and other paraplegic people that i know but you know we all support each other and chat but i thought well people we know a little bit don't we about cancer heart heart attacks diabetes all these things but do people really know much about spinal injury so i thought i'd help get you to help me to try and explain to people who've never come across it what it's all about
0: brilliant idea and that's what we're all about on learnradio.net. It's about informing and educating our audience so thank you so much indeed very brave i think you've been a very brave uh, human being this evening thank you very much because you will no doubt be bearing all uh, maria has our first question maria what do you have for brian
3: yeah thank you brian i mean the, the, the whole concept of this show is uh, its such an honor to be part of it and you know i'd be really interested um you know to listen to your discussion so brian can you tell us a little about your life before your accident
2: Okay. Yeah, very simple. Uh, I'm 63 now. Um, Used to have quite a big career in financial services. Did quite a big job. I was very fortunate. I had uh, coverage of of thousands of people at one stage. Um, So a big job. And I retired from that job quite early. I was only 52. Um, Set up my own little consulting business. Um, Because there's more to life than work, isn't there? And I, I... I was really having a great time. I was very fortunate. We had a beautiful house in Spain as well as a nice house in the north of England. And we divided our time between here and Spain. And life was absolutely perfect, to be quite honest. Um, mm, Apart from 2010 when I fell off a wall in Spain. I could have died. I sort of fell headfirst onto a concrete driveway and ended up in a hospital for a while. But accidents, lightning never uh, strikes twice, eh? Although we'll see. Um... Grandson Charles, born in February 2013, little beauty. Life was perfect again. Um, lots of leisure time. I was a keen cyclist. You've heard the phrase "mammal," haven't you? Uh, middle-aged man in Lycra—that was me. In fact, a, a very cheeky friend of mine said, because uh, I wasn't in the best condition, he said I looked like a black condom filled with walnuts, which I thought was <laughs> a bit, a bit harsh. Charming, um, charming. Oh no i know he's not offering anymore um but <laughs> i was i was uh, enjoying life planning a big charity bike ride to from here to southern spain with a friend of mine so i thought yeah massive charity bike ride so i, I was just having the time of my life to be quite honest
0: brilliant
4: yeah and, and i yeah and i know brian um you know you, you know your, your accident was on the fourth of fourth uh, of august beg your pardon 2013 um can you tell us about it please if you can
2: I certainly can. Yeah. What I like to say to people is that at 9.15 a.m. on the 4th of August 2013, I took my last, last step on this earth, which I did. Um, it was my very first training ride for this big bike ride. Uh, I stayed with some friends in a little Derbyshire village, 33 miles from home. Sunday morning, I thought, I'll cycle home. Linda, my wife, drove home on ahead. I got the bike and I set off and I got to precisely one mile down the road. Um I didn't get hit by a car, but I was kind of muscled off the road by a very impatient motorist who was obviously keen to overtake me before the road got too narrow. Um, I wobbled a bit on some gravel. Next thing you know, I'd gone over a little dry stone wall and I was flying backwards through the air. I know that because I could see um, trees and branches sort of going away from me, if that makes sense. Then I felt a severe pain in my back and what was quite apparent is that when flying through the air I had hit a tree um I was going down an embankment and I hit a tree with my back and then I fell straight down into a fast-flowing river whereupon I started to drown sorry for the drama here uh, so early on but this is what happened um so I was face down couldn't move starting to drown uh felt bit weird really they say your life flashes before you it doesn't I just felt incredibly calm uh, I said goodbye to my mum my wife the kids and myself uh, and then I must have passed out um, what I now know is that I, I somehow managed to keep my face out of the water oh by the way I I'd, I'd put my hand down and felt my leg and I couldn't feel my hand with my leg so I knew there was something a bit wrong um, but apparently, and I was unconscious at this stage, Well, apparently Mountain Rescue managed to get to me. Um, They got me in an ambulance uh, because they couldn't land a helicopter. It was too wooded. And they took me off to Manchester Royal Infirmary, whereupon I was placed into an induced coma. So that's what happened. Bit dramatic, eh?
0: I should say as well. And we're tempering the story with some of your music choices as well. And you've chosen your first track this evening, Bruce Springsteen, The Power of Prayer. Why? Why did you choose that one?
2: Well, there's nothing really significant in this. I, I don't. I actually prayed to somebody when I was lying there. I don't know who it was, but I did ask mm. somebody to help me. Uh, I just like this track. I've been a fan of Spring, Springsteen only for about ten years. I discovered him very late in the day, but my goodness me, this is a new song, and he's still turning out quality, quality music. So this one just makes me feel good. So enjoy it, and then we'll talk some more. <laughs>
0: Bruce Springsteen, the power of prayer That's a gentleman who's not lost it, I have to say Listener takeover on learnradio.net uh, you're listening to the learn Radio.net team with the fabulous brian abran who's telling us about his life story my goodness brian uh, getting off to a great start there as well and thank you so much indeed uh, for listeners who are commenting don't forget all of the channels are open just head to the website and write on one of the padlets there uh, just put your name in the top there anything you like add a question if you want to make a question or an observation or just make a point on there as well It'd be really good uh, maria you've got our next question
3: Yes, yeah, thank you russell um Brian, it's um, it's very humbling to listen to, you know, to your story and, and, and especially about your accident. And, you know, you've been very open and honest. Um, can you tell our listeners, um, if you can, what sorts of injuries did you have?
2: OK, well, as I say, at the time I, I passed out eventually, but I did know that things were serious. Um, it turns out that I had the following list. I can't even pronounce some of this stuff, but I'll have a go. I had a cervical fracture that's in the neck uh, of the spinal cord. That was stable. Multiple thoracic fractures, which is sort of the chest area. The main one being around the belly button, and I was paralyzed from there down. Uh, broken collarbone, uh, two broken shoulders, one completely shattered, multiple rib fractures, something called a bilateral Hemopneumophorax, I probably didn't say that right, but basically it means lungs full of blood and air in the chest cavity, something called flail chest, which means your ribs are detached, so your chest moves in opposite directions, half of it goes out, half of it goes in when you breathe, Uh, very little chance of surviving that. Uh, surgical emphysema no idea what that is um and this was a big one i had a, a tear in my aorta that alone i think should have probably killed me but it didn't they managed to keep me alive they put a stent in there and uh, they kept me alive which is rather nice isn't it so um mm-hmm. uh, so i'm in a coma in manchester um well actually was i in a coma i don't know i was actually for a while i was a prisoner in a in a far-flung country which was uh, in a civil war um there was a big fundraiser a hundred thousand pounds was raised for me uh it was a bit awkward because paul weller was there and he was chatting up my wife uh they looked as though they were going to run off together um meanwhile i was chatting to will i am who was inside a coffee machine does this make sense is no it doesn't this
3: yeah, this sounds. Inc- yeah, yeah, tell us a little if you, bit more about if it. If you're in
2: a, if you're in a dr- drug-induced coma, you have hallucinations. Mm. They are not dreams; they are real. Mm. Seven years later, I can remember every precise detail of every one of these hallucinations. God knows what drugs they put inside you, but I mean, I was a prisoner in a pet shop for a while. Uh, I know that because there was a lot of monkeys in the room with me. Mm. Um, there were snakes. One of them was dangling from my nose um the thing is with hallucinations they're all triggered by something it turns out my wife's ringtone on her phone was a Paul Weller track and the chances Mm. are that triggered that um the snake dangling from my nose I'm pretty sure was a feeding tube so Mm. you, you get these bizarre hallucinations I could write a book on them I really could but this you know I didn't know what the hell they were doing to me turns out Uh, A bit of bad news as they were keeping me alive, I managed to get a pressure sore on my sacrum, which is where your tailbone is, uh, Mm -hmm. which got so big you could put an orange inside it eventually. So that was pretty awful. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they transferred me to Salford Royal um, ICU. We hear ICU a lot at the moment, don't we, because of Mm -hmm. COVID. I was one-to-one care in there, Uh, not like it Mm -hmm. is when you see it on the telly. And then a high-dependency unit where I started to regain some consciousness. Wow.
0: That's just uh, amazing. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's, there's, I,
3: there's, a, there's a lot there. It's a lot that you went through, Brian.
2: It is it is a miracle that I'm still here. It really is. Um, because, as I say, the a, aorta tear on its own in a river in the middle of nowhere should have killed yeah. me. But they kept me going, which was quite good.
3: And can I ask, if you don't mind, how, how long were you... Um in the coma for
2: you know what i'm not entirely sure i think it might have been a couple of weeks but i honestly honestly don't know the first thing i remember was being in salford high dependency unit where i started to understand what was going on around me started to Mm. make a little bit of sense of it all Mm.
3: um
2: but that was that was quite a while after the accident
3: Thank you Brian So for our next track You've chosen Tom O'Dell Grow Old With Me What's the connection with this track? Oh,
2: This is a bit emotional Uh, Excuse me I I was at a pretty low point At this this stage Um, Not entirely sure what my future was And certainly not entirely sure Whether my wife would still be around To to help me through it Uh, uh, Somebody spooled the radio in and uh, this song seemed to be on the radio like every fifth track you know Radio 2 they play the Mm. same old rubbish over and over again (laughs) Um, but this track was on and it just got me and it still does
0: well I hope it doesn't get you too much because it's a great track Dell Grow Old With Me is Brian's next track I can see why that song made him so emotional. Tom Odell, Grow Old with Me. We are live across the planet. You're listening to LearnRadio.net. This is our listener takeover show number one. And we've got Brian Abram in the studio or in his respective studio. We've all linked up in our respective spaces as well. Really interesting song track there. Ian, there are some listener comments. What have we got so far?
4: Yeah, most definitely. Got a lovely question here from Rachel, uh, who says, my mum has a wheelchair, but we haven't used it yet during lockdown. I know when we borrowed one a couple of years ago, when she was wearing a Stormtrooper moon boot as a result of a broken foot, she found it uncomfortable. How can I make my mum more comfortable when we have had our vaccines and venture out for more fresh air? I want to go for decent walks and need her to be able to feel safe And at ease what
2: would you suggest brian right okay well i'm maybe not the best person to answer this because i self-propel my wheelchair two big wheels at the at the back and i self-propel i'm guessing this might be one with four smaller wheels i don't know but number one make sure the seat is comfortable get a nice padded seat for when you're going over the the lumps and bumps you need to protect against pressure sores i'm going to talk more about that in a minute um and also if you can Take instruction from the person who's in the wheelchair. Go at their pace. Listen to them. If they say stop or, or whatever, don't think, come on, off we go. You know, we got to get out. Let's Let's get moving. Listen to the person in the wheelchair and let them guide you as to how much they want to do. That's the best advice I can give you. Wonderful. Brian, that's wonderful. Thank you
4: very much indeed. Uh, it's 21 minutes past eight. We're we'll back with Brian in just one second. A couple of quick comments from listeners. Lorraine says, hi, everyone. Looking forward to listening tonight. Good luck, Brian, but you won't need it. And Rachel says, good evening, everyone, and especially to Brian, a.k.a. Grandad Wheels, for taking centre stage this evening. We're going to go back now with Brian and to ask the next question,
2: Maria, over to you.
3: Thank you, Ian. So, Brian, can we ask you, what happened next with your rehabilitation?
2: Right, okay. Eventually, I got moved to Pinderfields Spinal Unit in uh, Pinderfields Hospital in Wakefield. This is the first big step that happens in the recovery of somebody with a spinal injury. They Mm -hmm. are absolute experts at getting you from the state you're in when you get there to the point where you can go home and you can manage. Um, Mm -hmm. They teach you how to use the wheelchair. they, They build up your strength. They show you techniques to be able to move around obviously my case no movement whatsoever from the belly button down so how do you get in and out of bed how do you have a shower how do you do all of those things mm-hmm. and they did a great job but they were limited because i had this big hole in my back uh, which meant i was in bed for a very long time um months in fact longer than i probably needed to be but that was unavoidable anyway eventually they discharged me they had to uh, make room and and get me home I moved home to a brand new house that I'd never been in before because there's no way I could have got into my old house Um, Mm. and we found a a bungalow whilst I was in hospital god bless my wife she managed the whole thing from start to finish um, sorting out a new house which was quite a challenge when she was worried about me as well Um, Mm. but I, I wasn't fully prepared to be discharged so even after I was home for a few months i had to have a district nurse come in every day to help me um i hope you're not eating at the minute everybody because i'm going to talk about something that you won't know anything about for a moment um one thing you have to do is go to the toilet of course and when you're newly injured you can't do that very easily um in my case i couldn't use the toilet so the lovely district nurses would call every morning uh, roll me on my side stick something up my backside uh, go away again. Uh, come back three quarters of an hour later and see whether anything had happened. And if it hadn't happened, they made it happen. And I'll probably stop there on the level of detail. But these are. This is just one of the things that nobody will have a clue about when it comes to spinal injury. But eventually, I did get better and look after myself, and now I'm I'm pretty much self-sufficient, which is good
0: that's
3: good thank you thank you for sharing that this is
0: quite detailed isn't it and 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 i guess so don't stop or hold back at all brian because i think someone needs to make a program like this and it's not the kind of usual thing you'll find in mainstream media as well i've got the next question for you now so what is a spinal injury brian what what is the definition of that
2: let's make you an expert this is this is quite simple you've got three levels of your spine cervical which is the neck area thoracic which is the chest and lumbar which is down the very bottom bit generally speaking if you break your spinal cord at a certain point the paralysis happens everything below that point mm-hmm. so in my case it was thoracic the vertebrae number nine t9 paraplegic so from the belly button down that's where my um paralysis is paraplegic is affecting both limbs at the bottom tetraplegic or quadriplegic as the americans call it is affecting all four limbs and that tends to happen when the level of injury is around the neck area Mm. then we have complete and incomplete in my case complete which means imagine cutting the cord on your kettle you can play around with the plug as much as you want it ain't going to work is it because the cord is completely cut if you're incomplete it means there's some chance that the nerves can grow back and you may regain some use of of your limbs and and bodily functions. One lad I remember very well, a lad called Neil, he had a big motorbike accident. When he came in Pinderfields after me, he was in a chair, his arms were resting on pillows and he had to be fed. Okay, So he had nothing below the neck. He walked out of the hospital eventually um, and he could do everything for himself. Still a bit shaky, but he was incomplete tetraplegic and he managed to recover so that is a very quick lesson in what a spinal injury is
0: beautifully explained so you're left unable to walk is is that the worst thing that happened to you you'd think so wouldn't Hmm. you but if you
2: ask a lot of um paraplegics they would say you know what it is not the worst thing everybody thinks oh you know if only you could walk again well yes it would be nice but there are worse things and i can manage being in a wheelchair it's, it's not the end of the world. But you have no control over your bladder. You have no control over your bowels. Okay. So most people in my position, they have to manually evacuate their bowels every morning. You can imagine what that means, mm-hmm. rubber glove and all that. I don't. I use um, a, a water irrigation system, which it, which helps. But there is not a paraplegic out there who hasn't had a ba- bowel or bladder accident at an inopportune time there's nothing worse trust me than queuing to pay for your groceries in tesco looking down and seeing that you're completely soaked and you've got no idea until you look down that's not a lot of fun so if we could cure that i could live with a wheelchair we have to self catheterize to for empty our bladder that means You're introducing a foreign object into your body. Mm. It it tends to give you urine infections. I've had God knows how many. One was so bad a couple of years ago, I was in hospital for five days with sepsis as a result of that. That didn't get me either. I'm indestructible. You'll have gathered that by now. Mm. Um, Spasms and nerve pain. One poor lad in hospital, well, I say poor lad in hospital, his spasms were so bad that if he wanted to turn over in bed, he just slapped his leg and it flipped him over. Um, Yeah. I get spasms, my legs shake um, like Elvis at full speed. Um, sometimes it can almost shake you out of your wheel- wheelchair. It's quite bad. And believe it or not, this is- how cruel is this? You've lost the use of your legs, but you've got chronic nerve pain. That is so mean, isn't it? No. But so many people in my position have terrible neuropathic pain, um, and it can be absolutely appalling. Mine, thank God, is not so bad. Uh, bone weakness, osteoporosis, you're not um, putting pressure through your bones so they get weakened and, and they turn out like crunches in the end, so it's very easy to, to break bones. Um, and one of the biggest things of all that people have no idea about really is the risk of skin problems. You You lose muscle tone obviously, so if you can imagine your backside, it's a bit bony. If you pinch your skin between your bone and another hard surface, you can get a pressure sore, and basically the tissue dies. It can happen within minutes, and it can take ages to heal. I had one on my bum a while back, and I was, let's think, I was in hospital for three months with it Um, altogether. I was five months out of my wheelchair and in bed because of that. Um, or because I wasn't sitting properly and I didn't have the right cushion underneath me Um, I've known people who have been on the toilet with their leg leaning against a radiator and had no idea until all the skin came off the leg Um, heated seats in a car burning their backsides so you said is being unable to walk the worst thing no it's not I can live with that we can live with wheelchairs they help us get around They, they actually enable us not disable us but it's all these other things that come yeah. with it. We call we call it the gift that keeps on giving.
0: Well, it's certainly that, Bride. and I think most people listening to this will have had no idea whatsoever that there's all this. I don't ep- think
2: so. I didn't. No. I didn't. Until this happened to me, I had no clue. And actually, that leads us on to my next choice of music because mm. you'll have gathered here that, really, apart from my hair and my teeth, there's not much else that works in with my body, really, <laughs> <laughs> It's I and I, I listen I got came across this piece of music a while ago from a band that very few people will have heard of. And this is my anthem, and I'll let you take it from there.
0: Oh, you're very well. You were doing so well. What, take me the whole way through it. It's a lovely track. What's the track title well, called?
2: This is by a band called BlackBerry Smoke. This is my anthem, and this track is There Ain't Much Left of Me.
4: Listener takeover on learnradio.net. A very good evening to you. Yes, indeed, you are listening to Listener Takeover with us here, the team on LearnRadio.net and the very fabulous Brian Abram, aka Grandad Wheels. 26 minutes to nine o'clock this evening. We are listening to a very personal story indeed, but this is so incredibly informative. informative. Uh, Brian, um, so can you tell us a little bit more? What's the impact
2: on an injury like this? Okay, well, I've, I think I've covered most of the physical impact there but of course it goes beyond that you've got to get your head around it the first thing you've got to get your head around is you left home in my case you left home perfectly well and and the next thing you know you're paralyzed for the rest of your life and you ain't going to get better so that is quite hard to get your head around Then you realise that it isn't just you; it's your partner, it's your your family, your children. Everything, everybody is affected by it because their lives have just changed, forever as well. Uh, And that's that's tough to deal with. You where you live, your home. In my case, I couldn't go back to the home that I'd left. It, It was two story. I couldn't have even got in it, to be honest with you. So, you know, I was lucky. I could find a new house. But imagine if you couldn't. Imagine if you couldn't afford to. To move somewhere else it's no wonder diy sos do so many houses for people in wheelchairs because they need help um your job imagine you have a manual job and you you're lying in bed trying to deal with the physical issues but you know you're never ever going to be able to go back to that job again and you've got a mortgage that's pretty tough um and you chew all these things over in in your head you go through the what ifs what if what if i left home five minutes later, what if I hadn't cycled home, what if I'd taken a different route, what if, what if, what if what if, and it can drive you mad um, the only time I started to get better mentally, I, to, to be honest I, I wasn't as bad as some people I've known some people who were, who were almost suicidal in this situation um, I wasn't that bad I, I think I managed to cope with it but the only time I started to get better was when I started to Stop grieving for what I'd lost, um, and stop adding things to the list of things that I couldn't do, and started to build a new list of things that I could do, and then I started to to feel better. And you just cope. That's why, by the way, most people in wheelchairs are not inspirational. We just cope, and it's what you would do too if you were in my shoes. Because what's the alternative?
4: Yeah, I, I agree. And actually, you know what you said there—that the list you've kind of gone through and, and what you've talked us through there—everybody can relate to because those those sorts of things are in everybody's lives. Uh, and when you put it like that, it you know it makes it it does make perfect sense. Uh, Maria, what's your question?
3: So, thank you. Um, what, what challenges, Brian, do people face with a spinal injury?
2: Well, I, I've listed a, a few there. Finding somewhere to live, as I say, it might be a different place. A job—who's going to employ you? Will you have to retrain and do something different? Um, these are big issues. But then there's the little issues as well. Um, day-to-day challenges, getting around. If you push your own wheelchair, my God, the state of our pavements in this country, they're all uneven. They all have a camber. you you sort of dropping to the road. You get one bigger arm as you're pushing yourself along. Drop curbs. Uh, it's amazing how many people park across those without thinking. Um, transport. How are you going to get around Uh, If you're very fit, you might be able to drive an ordinary car with hand controls. But think about what that means. You have to get from your wheelchair into the car. You then have to dismantle the wheelchair with one arm, take the wheels off, pass the wheels over yourself into the passenger seat or the rear seat, pass the frame of the wheelchair over and then do it all again at the other end. I couldn't do that. I wasn't fit enough. I've got a I've got a a van with a a tail lift. Um, That's how I Mm. get around. Uh, Parking. Ooh, the number of times somebody's in a blue badge space. I was only popping in for a lottery ticket. Yeah, right. Um, And then going further afield, trains, buses, flying. Going on a plane is is amazing. You, You know, you've got to be taken on this ambulift out onto the airfield. You you go in the opposite door to where all the other passengers are going in. Um, You have to get out of your wheelchair and they put you in this very narrow chair that it's called an aisle chair. They take you through the aisle of the aircraft. Trust me, you look like Hannibal Lecter trussed up in this thing. Uh, And then you have to get into your seat. They always make you sit near the window. So if the plane crashes, you can just be left. Um, That sounds a bit dramatic, but that is the way it is. You don't want passengers crawling over you when, if there's uh, an emergency. So, we're next to the window so you can just leave us um hotels nightmare how high is the bed will i be able to fit in does it have a bath or a roll-in shower all of those things and of course what you end up doing is you lose the spontaneity you can't just say let's go away for the weekend you've got to plan it weeks or months in advance uh, and that's a bit of a nuisance cruises are good though you can get into into your cabin stay there for for your two-week cruise and uh, that you, that's why you see quite a few disabled people on cruises that they, they tend to work quite well so there's all sorts of challenges i hope i'm not coming across as having a whinge because
3: no no you know we, we just Brian. take these
2: things in our stride largely
3: mm, thank you and um we've got a question from twitter if we may ask you michelle oh, yeah. wiggins has asked how did you manage to remain so positive when your life must have been turned upside down did you always manage to feel that way
2: yes and no i've always been a fairly positive person i guess it's it's one of the reasons i I had a good career and various things but yeah this this has challenged me um but i'm the sort of person who always looks forward if you keep looking backwards like i said if you if you have these what ifs what ifs what ifs you will torture yourself and -hmm. the only way you can deal with this sort of thing and it's the same whether you've had a heart attack or cancer or anything else all you can do is look forward You have Mm. to be able to look forward. I still have what I call black days. A black day is when I just am so low that I just want to crawl back under the duvet. Fewer and fewer and further between these days, thank God. And Mm. they're usually caused by something really simple. Like I might drop something and it'll roll roll under the settee, and that's gone forever for me now. And that sort of thing can set me off. I can have a really miserable day, but you've just got to snap out of it
3: thank you and and she also asks you a second question also what things have you been able to do since lose you since losing the use of your legs that you thought you would never be able to do again
2: well obviously you can't do things like cycling and, uh, and what have you um i've always been into music I, I write music i record music play guitars and things and i thought well that's okay i can still do that but then when I got home in a wheelchair and I tried to play a guitar, I couldn't because it just didn't balance right. And I was really down when that happened. But I've retaught myself to do it and so I can still do music and, of course, writing. So I've still got those things that I love doing.
3: Mm, thank you. Thank you, Brian. I'm sure Michelle Wiggins would be really, really you know, appreciative to you, you know, being very honest about those answers. So we've got Snow Patrol chasing cars next for you. What's the connection with this song, Brian?
2: Well, I just like the song, but if ever I do karaoke, this is the one I do. I'm not a great singer, to be honest, but I did this on a cruise ship once. It was quite funny. I, did, I never thought anything of it. I'm just merrily singing along uh it's an american cruise ship and when i finished i noticed i was getting a standing ovation i thought what and it was the most patronizing thing ever because they only gave me a standing ovation because there's this bloke in a wheelchair singing um and that kind of taught me that people see you differently when you're in a wheelchair um but i love the song anyway so let's play it
0: ah uh, the brilliant snow patrol they're chasing cars 14 minutes to 9, you are live with LearnRadio.net. Don't forget, you can comment on the show at any time. You can drop us a text if you want to. You can tweet us and you can write on our contact handler on the website LearnRadio.net. It's all there on that page. Oh, I think that song's taking on an entirely new meaning for me. Listener takeover on LearnRadio.net. Okay, let's pick the pace up a little bit. Uh, Brian was very keen to cover this next topic himself, and rightly so. Um, It's a list of inappropriate, or if you don't mind me saying right, downright rude comments, Brian, from folk that are in contact with you, that you meet elsewhere, things that people say to wheelchair users. Um, And to try and lighten the mood so we can get through these in a satirical kind of way, I've put it to some favourite Countdown music. one of you kind of like this one as well. Kind of the smashy and nicey music are you ready Brian? <laughs> are,
2: you, this are you ready guys but let's it's do it
0: not a problem it's a lovely way of getting across some really really important things right so stand by here's brian's countdown of the 10 most popular if such a thing exists of inappropriate things to say to wheelchair users <laughs> brian that was very well done i have to say that was stunning work
2: seriously let me qualify that last one sometimes being in a wheelchair you've just got up in the morning you've had a breakfast you've you've just gone about your normal day you might be grumpy we're not all inspirational we're just getting on with our lives some people are can i tell you about a couple of inspirational yes, people that please. i think are amazing yeah some people are listen to this uh there's a guy called peter Smorthit, right this guy had a scaffolding accident he's 20 when he was 19 he's 28 now I can't believe nobody knows about this guy. In the last eight years, from his ordinary wheelchair, which he pushes around, he has completed 132 marathons, 78 ultra marathons, 103 half marathons. He did a marathon every day in the month of November. He's going to be, when COVID allows, he's going to be going Land's End to John O'Groats. That's been done before, so hey, he's just going to turn around and push himself all the way back again. He's raised £1.4 million for charity so far, and you've never heard of him. That guy, des- I'm trying to get him on TV at the minute, that guy deserves some credit. There's a little lad called Emerson, uh, he, he was on Children in Need, backup. Uh, one of the charities I support, have worked with him, Little little six-year-old lad. He inspires me because he smiles every day, and he's you know, he's got challenges ahead of him, but he's so positive. And a young lady I know locally, a girl called Faye. She's in an electric wheelchair. Only one of her arms works as well, which makes it tough. But she's managed to train her own horses, and she's even going to be carriage riding again. She's had a, wheel- a carriage adapted to take her electric wheelchair. These people are inspirational. Not everybody in a wheelchair is, but hey, if you want to say inspirational, that's fine, I guess. Wow. Thank you, Brian, very much indeed.
4: So so going back to your top 10 oh. countdown, um, can you tell us and share with us some of the other things that you've heard, please, if you don't it, mind?
2: I asked a number of my spinally injured uh, chums in the various support groups, things that they'd had said to them. Every one of these is genuine. Honestly, it is. I've heard some. Others have heard them. The number of times people have said, oh, can I have you go in your wheelchair? I'll, I'll give you a race. How, how do you like to be referred to? Brian will do, really. Um, Have you been in a wheelchair for your whole life? My answer to that is not yet. Um, Beep, beep, reverse in, reverse in. Here's one. Watch your backs, R2-D2 coming through. That's that's a bit mean, isn't it? Um, This is horrible. I'd kill myself if I was you. Can you imagine somebody hearing that? Is is he mentally disabled too? That's usually said to the partner. Um, I've had this. Can I just hang my bags on the back of your chair? I actually had a woman in a lift once who said, ooh, can I put me shopping on your lap? Really? Can I have a lift? My feet are killing me. It's pretty unsensitive. This one's a belter. It must give you a real insight into what it's like to be disabled. Mm. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah. Aren't you marvellous being able to get outside? And uh, here's one. Aren't you? Aren't you lucky to be able to sit down all day? the most common one of course is people just saying oh well have you done that to yourself then you don't see somebody with no hair and say oh what sort of cancer have you had then you know you don't do that do you but it's okay to say oh have you done that then the the things that some of my cynical colleagues make up are brilliant you know i worked in bomb disposal the parachute didn't open um etc etc one of my favorites is i forgot the safe word usually they stop asking you after that yeah Uh, but listen two two things i want to make and and these are serious points now okay if you see somebody in a wheelchair do not touch push the wheelchair imagine you're standing at the bar with a beer in your hand and all of a sudden somebody picks you up and moves you two feet to the left that'd be weird wouldn't it Hmm. that's what happens if you push somebody in a wheelchair it's part of us we're attached to it almost it is like our legs so don't do that if if we need help Trust us, we'll ask. If we don't ask, then we probably don't need help. We're okay. So I'm sorry that sounds a bit nitpicky, but that's one of the things that really does wind people in my position up more than anything else. But seriously, this is important. Never, ever, ever discourage a kid from asking a question. There is nothing better than an innocent child just just coming up and saying, what's happened to you then? Or, you know, why are you in that wheelchair? We love that because that's asked from a position of innocence it's not being nosy or anything like that so never ever you see people saying to the you know the little little kid oh don't ask the man that question or whatever let them that is is the best thing you can do brilliant Brian, that's really, really good
4: And as an educator, I think that's a really, really positive and powerful message, you know, to be saying to, to children and young people, you know, ask questions of us and find out yeah, and, and talk to us, which I think is, is just absolutely brilliant. And I know, you know, through the work you've done with your books and, and everything else, you've really promoted that that positive message. Um, okay. Your next track, Brian, is uh, Happy by Pharrell
2: Williams. Why did you choose this track? I'm being a bit silly with this one when I was in Pinderfields they had um, Magic FM on the on the radio all the time and we all shuffled around and wheeled our wheelchairs and lots of miserable looking people and this song was, was in the charts at the time and it was on constantly and it brought a bit of a rice smile to my face I've got to be honest. Brilliant. Thank you, Brian. The time,
4: five minutes to nine o'clock here on Friday the 15th of January. You are with Grandad Wheels talking this evening. It's a fantastic show. I do hope you're enjoying it. This is Happy Pharrell Williams.
0: And I'm kind of happy now as well. I think because I'm happy to know you, Brian. Because uh, it's just absolutely amazing. What a, a brilliant story! I'm really enjoying uh, the ins and the outs. Here, and we were worried about whether we'd get this right, and I hope we are hitting a note for you, folks. The the uh, uh, the theme from the BBC Pick of the Pops was just stunning. Your timing was excellent, so congratulations on that. Uh, in on the um, text now. We're going to get Russell, some. Yes, Russell, just
2: before you read go the on. text, I'm just giggling to myself here because I'm just I'm just remembering in Pinderfields when the do- a doctor came to see me. And Said well. Oh yes, got some bad news, Brian. You've got MRSA. Cause I'm happy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. Okay, I had to be there, I think, for that one. But I do, (laughs) do understand what you're saying. Uh, it's just an amazing story. Everything mm-hmm. needs to be uh, valued on a different scale now, I think, as well. Uh, this is a text message. Thank you so much indeed. From Mrs. Marks, who sent this message. When Ooh. I saw you in ICU, it was one of the worst experiences, but I somehow knew it wasn't goodbye. We are all very proud of your outlook and everything you have achieved and i know it's all not giggles and really hard sometimes you're still a massive pain in the bum though she says lots of love mrs Marks. thank you mrs. Mark. is she a good friend is she still a good friend <laughs>
4: <laughs> amazing absolutely amazing ian what do you have thank you russell plenty of contact from the uh, listeners this evening thank you so much for getting involved uh we've got one here that says i'm brian's daughter vicky good evening vicky how are you firstly we'd like to say how proud we are as a family for Grandad Wheels, a.k.a. Dad, and Chazzy loves the book. Secondly, I like that there is a radio show about the ins and outs of this topic, as it really does flip your life upside down. Keep up the hard work, Dad. Absolutely. Vicky, thank you very, very much indeed. I can certainly understand why you're so incredibly proud of your dad. Uh, Hazel says... While nowhere near your situation, I have a dodgy back and for a few years suffered blackouts. I totally agree with lack of spontaneity because people had to know where I was and if I was out alone, it was timed how long between places or people or checking in with my parents. And you talked just now, um, Brian, about Pinderfields. Um, Lorraine's been in touch and says patients from Pinderfields in the mid 1980s helped us produce a drama for schools about a girl who was in a wheelchair. They were so helpful. And we learned so much. Some said they missed the spontaneity of life as everything had to be planned in advance, yeah. which is something you
2: touched on earlier, Brian, yeah. wasn't it? Absolutely. It, it, that is just a fact of life. It doesn't mean you can't do things, but you you really do have to have to plan them out. I mean, I'll tell you what simple thing. If I was to go on Right Move right now and look for houses within a, a, a five mile radius of where I am now. Mm-hmm. I would imagine there'll be no more than two or three that would be suitable accommodation for me. Right. Wow. Think about that. Yeah.
4: Yeah, that that does put it into perspective, doesn't it? And and actually yeah. Rachel's been back in touch to say thank you Brian, really useful information to help my mum. I really appreciate it. And somebody obviously has been listening throughout the show. We didn't put their name, but that's okay. Um he said Brian you're so right. Uh, no one talks about bed sores. They happen so easily but can take forever to fix they can indeed mm, indeed so um, i'll come back to a few more a uh, little bit later russell in the show if that
0: is all right with you but i'm going to hand back to you now for the next question thank you and just before i do that as well uh on twitter as well someone from the steve sinnett foundation thank you so much indeed for your message really appreciate that really interesting to listen to brian talk so openly about his life writing and his accident that left him in a wheelchair bound uh good music too thank you so much really pleased you're enjoying the show keep those comments coming because they mean so much to all of us and particularly i hope brian is well you've got a a lot of people love you brian you've made a huge impact here and i think that's a a, a brilliant thing as well Uh, my next question now you talked about uh, reinvention before Uh, what do you mean by that
2: yeah this is something we've talked about isn't it reinvention what i mean by that is if you have a spinal injury and this applies to other illnesses and, and things as well of course is you might not be able to do what you did before but it doesn't mean there are things that you can't do Um, you can reinvent yourself a lot of people in wheelchairs start to take up sports maybe ones they've never done before creativity I know a young lady who was in bed for months and months and months and months with a pressure sore uh, lying on her not just in bed but having to lie on her side 100% of the time imagine that and her husband gave her some paints and she started to paint lying on her side and she's now called the wonky artist and she sells those paintings so that's nice Some people give back, they work for charities, they volunteer, Um, so you can do different things and that is how I started to write a book. I wrote a book because I was very worried that my grandson Charles might not really want to know his granddad very much in a wheelchair, you know, maybe I'm not going to be as much fun. Maybe one day when he was older he was going to ask me, you know, granddad, why are you in a wheelchair, why are you different to other granddads, so... I wrote this silly story Uh, I made up nonsense about me being attacked by a lion and that's why I'm in a wheelchair and we had a bit of a giggle and family and friends who read it said that's quite funny you should you should maybe you know do a bit more with that so I did and I wrote it properly and I approached publishers and they all ignored me obviously Uh, and I thought well it maybe needs bringing to life so after a a long search I managed to find a lovely illustrator Lynn might be listening who's um, a superb artist never drawn a cartoon before but she decided to have a go and we produced it all um, nobody interested so we decided to self-finance it and self-publish it and we launched the first book on the 1st of November uh, 2019 and we sold some on a website we were lucky enough to get a bit of coverage on TV Uh, which was great, and in the media, and we decided that we were going to give any money we made from it, if there was any, to charity, Um, to charities that support people with spinal injury. Um, Then through Twitter, I got to know some teachers, and I managed to do some school visits and talk to the kids, and obviously some books were bought there. Um, The pandemic's killed that off for the time being, but hope to get back to that. And then another stroke of good luck, um, sponsorship. Lovely people at Erwin Mitchell Solicitors. They uh, agreed to cover our printing costs, etc. So we could give all the cover price to charity. Uh, The second book came out last November, uh, and we've got four more planned. The next one featuring Hannah Cockcroft, MBE, who's kindly agreed, uh, the Paralympian kindly agreed to be in the book. So we're we're doing this now i never thought i'd write a book for god's sake that's not something that i ever ever would have done had i not had this injury so i've kind of reinvented myself and anybody the message there is anybody even if you can't do half the things you used to do before there will be new things that you can do throw yourself into it give it a go
0: and you might just be successful at it Mm, brilliant maria's got the next question
3: thank you um i i, I remember that uh, brian that you did you did a show with learn radio um yeah. in june june july time yeah. um to talk about your books um i mean that was i really enjoyed that it was just um you know is is bringing it to um bringing your experience to you know to a wider audience and and can i ask you a little bit about um about the charities tell us more about yeah, the charities
2: sure i mean the, the, these books are the only ones really that have got a wheelchair using granddad at the heart of the story and they're very silly they're, they're not to be taken seriously I and mean, they're very silly stories but they're good fun um on the website we we sell them and there's also a couple of videos on there of me reading stories as well which which kids can have a look at but we do it all for the spinal injuries association they are a brilliant charity they do lots of high level stuff like lobbying um, to make sure that we get what we're entitled to they have contact in spinal units they have peer support officers very often well i think almost exclusively wheelchair users themselves uh, so you can talk to them because you know they've been there and done it and they're incredibly helpful they offer support to your partner, your family. They have nurse advocates who help um, with with medical things and you can get legal advice, etc. So it's an amazing charity. And also a charity called Backup. And the great thing about Backup is they give a lot of practical help. They run skills courses to teach you how to get the best out of using a wheelchair. Um, and they take people on adventures and things. And so they, they're great. So far in the first year, we've managed to donate 11,000 pounds to them. I'd like it to be a lot more, but I can't get into schools at the moment. So it's, but it will start growing again. And, and there's no upper limit to what we can give them if we keep, if people keep buying the books. Um, mm. You can buy them on the website, grandadwheels.com. That's all you need to know. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can do it in the knowledge that A, the books are good. Oh, Sir Quentin Blake, Roald Dahl's illustrator. He actually said of the books, they're an impressive piece of work. So that was a pretty good review. Um Absolutely. so they're a quality but the quality books and every single penny 100% will go to those two charities that we're supporting.
3: Thank you. Thank you Brian. And we've got a question coming in from Sarah Cole. She asks, what's the biggest challenge you've had to face?
2: The biggest single challenge is mental not physical. It was stopping the, the what ifs, stop going over and over the things that have gone and what if this happen, happened and what if that got to stop that, that was that was the biggest single challenge but actually the real answer to that question is I haven't faced it yet, uh, there's only one thing that scares me and that's getting old, I think getting old with a spinal injury does actually scare me I'm not scared of dying, blind me I've come close enough a few times but getting old with this condition does scare me a little bit but we'll just crack on and face that as as it happens
3: thank you thank you Brian and you've got Biffy Clyro Rearrange oh, oh, yes. is up next what's your connection here Brian
2: I just love it it's just a good song my daughter Vicky was you read out earlier she took me to see well I took her to see Biffy Clyro one of the few perks of being in a wheelchair is you get a, a companion ticket free when you see gigs so I took uh, Vic to see Biffy Clyro and this song is just uplifting I just love it Doo. <laughs> Oh, that's a great track. Listener Takeover on LearnRadio.net.
4: Thank you very much indeed. You're welcome to Learn Radio this evening. We are talking to Brian aka Grandad Wheels. The time is 13 minutes past nine. Got a few questions from our listeners that I'm going to pose to Brian right now. Lorraine says, Brian, I think you were able to play guitar as I think I remember seeing you with one. Was that something you could do before your accident? And if so, is it any different
2: now? uh yes always been a musician always been a songwriter um recorded my own songs and what have you never very good but it's 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 been a hobby and i was horrified when i first picked up the guitar in a wheelchair because you have to kind of balance it on your knee and it just did not work and i was distraught because i thought at least this is the one thing i can still do but i managed to get around it taught myself to do it and i'll say now right at the end of this um this interview there's we're gonna play a little song of mine that I wrote for the uh, for the nurses at Pinderfields as a little thank you to them. So there will be some evidence of whether I can play the guitar a little bit later. <laughs> Fantastic. Look forward to that, Brian. That's amazing.
4: Thank you. I've got two questions now from Rachel. The first one is, what gave you the motivation to keep going? What, if anything, are you not able to do that you wish you could? And she says she's being sensitive with language. Is there anything you'd like to add or expand on
2: what you were talking about earlier? Well, the answer to the first part of the question, what is my motivation? Being alive is the only motivation because the alternative doesn't bear thinking about my mum was a great optimist. She, she, even at the age of 90, she'd look forward to the next spring when the flowers were going to come up. And I think I've inherited some of her genes. So I am a very positive person, but what's the alternative? You've got to look forward. One of, one of the horrible things about this pandemic is it's kind of robbing us of the ability to look forward to what we're going to do next, next Saturday. Mm. That's horrible, isn't it? So we're all thinking, well, when this pandemic's over, we're going to have a hell of a party and all that human beings need to look forward to things and I, I keep looking forward to things and that's what keeps me going all the time. What can't I do that I wish I could? All sorts of things. Mm. I used to love golf, cycling. I loved, even though it nearly killed me, I'd never discourage anybody from that. Always wear a helmet, folks. Because um, if I didn't, I'd be dead. Um, can't play golf. can't? Oh, driving sports cars and things like that. There's a few things I can't do, but you know what? i've put them out of my mind Uh, i'm more interested in the things i can do now than what i can't do brilliant
4: thank you And, and rachel's got one more question she says what kind of precautions and preventative measures do you have to take to stop skin sores and do you undertake physio to support this even though that may be what you have as a daily routine
2: uh right physio no in my case i'm i'm probably too old and setting my ways to do too much there's a few things i haven't even mentioned i've got two broken hips my legs are not even connected to my hip bones um because of falling out of my wheelchair and various other things so there's a limit to things that i can do there but the skin thing this is so so important for anybody actually not just when you when you're paralyzed um you need to check your skin daily check it very regularly i have to use a mirror to check certain parts of my skin, any red marks whatsoever, you have to get off your skin. Uh, so, if you find a red mark on your bum, you need to lie on your side. Um, if you find a red mark on your side, you don't lie on it. It's you have to be so so careful. And I've been caught out. I had a pressure sore on my foot once, which took eighteen months to get rid of, simply because my shoes were too tight and I didn't know. Um, that took eight, yeah, 18 months to heal, and it's still a very vulnerable area. Uh, the one I had on my bum didn't heal on its own. I had to have it surgically closed because it was all the way down to the bone. That was a bit horrible. Um, they can happen within minutes. The biggest single thing you can do if you're in my position is what we call pressure relieving, which means lifting yourself up off your, chi- off your cushion for a few moments, uh, leaning forward, leaning from side to side. Just take taking the pressure off so that the blood flow returns to the area that might be affected. Uh, So you just have to be damn careful fantastic
4: brilliant answer thank you brian i got a couple of comments before we move on and yeah. continue with our dialogue um one uh, a comment coming from a listener it says model patient are bright well most of the time <laughs> his sense of humor brightened our days spinal fan who was this? Who's this spinal fan tj that was i know who that is god bless you tracy <laughs> and uh, the final comment um is from granny wheels aka ah. linda are you making
2: breakfast to? tomorrow I didn't even think she was listening I thought she was watching some telly am I making breakfast tomorrow no that's Sunday
4: (laughs) thank you Linda you must be incredibly proud of him so the next question Brian
2: um, what can we learn from disabled folks oh right patience 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 Um, everybody's moaning because they're locked in uh, which is fair enough this lockdown is horrible isn't it but Mm. patience is important uh, I have had to spend months in bed on my side, not, not even allowed to lie on my back, uh, with just the TV to keep me company, knowing it was sunny and beautiful outside. And it was horrible, but you just focus on the fact that it's going to end sometime and you just have to do the time. So we all just have to try and learn patience at the moment. Acceptance of the hand you've been given. Don't do the what-ifs. Here's, here's a saying, and I love this. You either get bitter or you get better. Mm-hmm. You either take what has been dealt to you and allow it to make you a better person or you allow it to tear you down. The choice doesn't belong to fate. It belongs to you. I don't know who wrote that, but that says everything to me. Focus on your family, on, on what matters. Materialistic. I used to love cars. I've got a, a Volkswagen van that I drive around now, and that's it just gets me from A to B. And here's one to think about there's you know that phrase live every day as though it's your last have you heard that yeah yeah it's rubbish it's utter nonsense if that were true you would never do the ironing (laughs) you you know we can't all live every day as though it's going to be as though it's our last it's not realistic a better way of looking at it i think is choose a period of time choose a week or a month or a fortnight and at the end of that look back and say have i made the best of that time that i could have I done some good things, have I done some fun things, have I have I achieved something in that period and if you have then you're living your best life, never mind each day as if it's your last, that's daft beautifully put Brian, thank you very much what indeed. Russell, that? over like to you
0: thank you very much Brian, uh, just absolutely brilliant, what were your highs and lows do you think overall the lows
2: are a bit hard to talk about uh, obviously the impact on my family has been horrendous <sighs>
0: That's a tough one. Sorry, but when I, I, had when I, was in, I had to ask uh, it. Sorry,
2: No, I want to talk about it. When I was in Pinderfields, my mum my got very, very ill, and I couldn't go and see her and say goodbye. That was tricky. And uh, I couldn't attend her funeral either. That was, that was quite tough. Ho- hopefully she'll forgive me for that. Um, my daughter, Kirsty, got breast cancer, and I couldn't help her. I was uh, in hospital a bit hopeless, so that was... Those were horrible lows, and as you could probably tell, they still affect me. But mm. uh, mm. well, there you go. There you go. You, you, there are there are lows, highs. I've got some wonderful friends, and I've still got a great relationship. Seventy-five percent of marriages fail where there's a spinal injury. It's a horrible statistic, mm. but uh, mine hasn't. It's not always easy, but as long as I keep making breakfast, I guess, <laughs> I guess it's going to be fine. Apparently, uh, that felt like an ultimatum. That didn't. It? So. <laughs> You know, I've got great friends and a great relationship. I've got a great family. I'm in a lovely new house. And, and a positive is it's nearer to the grandson, Charles. So pandemic permitting, um, I see a lot more of, of him than I ever would. And that's fantastic. Mm. And, of course, writing the books, that's been good fun as well. And seeing me and Charlie, the grandson, in a, in a bookshop, in a real book, and seeing nice comments from readers, people who bought the book and, and enjoyed it, that has been a massive, massive high.
0: Wow, just amazing. Uh, Brian, it's just been absolutely fantastic. Um, it's We're just coming up to uh, nearly 90 minutes of the show. I've enjoyed every minute of it. You've made us cry, you've made us laugh, uh, but I, I think I, I have enjoyed your story because I've... I, I've i feel like i can understand a little bit more about I've it and, something. oh like you can't believe and i knew that would be so uh that, and that's that our, was the whole point of course and that's our purpose as educators that's what we signed up to do that's the whole process the whole purpose of of what we're doing So a sticky subject and i can see why it's not been done before and i shall think twice about doing it again however um it, it, it's i i think I, we've we've all grown a little bit with this as well so um we're coming to the end of our show thank you so much indeed for everyone who's commented on twitter on and uh, thank you very much indeed Mrs. Uh, marks uh, and, and for grandma wheels as well i love that as well and could, G- I, could, G- could, could G- I put G- my L- breakfast G- order in through as well i just i love that as well um we'll, we've got our closing uh, remarks from um from brian in just a moment i'll get him to 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 wrap up the show as well it's been it's been an amazing learning experience and a pleasure to talk to you tonight i really did Uh, thank you very much indeed for maria and ian who've been along with us thank you it's probably not been an easy ride for them as well because you know where i've cried i'm sure they have as well it's Mm. uh, we feel your pain but we also feel your joy as well brian that comes across just absolutely brilliant Uh, we're going to publish the show on spotify and itunes but both of those platforms won't have the copyright music because you're not allowed to do that although some folk do get away with it we won't Uh, so if you want to hear the fabulous brian performance with his pick of the pops you will need to listen to this again on mixcloud and we'll signpost that for you at the moment Uh, brian thank you very much indeed i'll leave it to you to close the show and thank thank you you so much indeed a brilliant idea a, a brilliant concept as well his Brian is going to close the show.
1: This is our listener Takeover, a series of live radio shows bringing you informative, educational, and on topic themed content on learnradio.net.
2: So there we go, we're almost done, and thanks for the opportunity to do this. Uh, I hope it's been at least mildly entertaining and informative. You're all now officially certified experts in spinal injury and everything that goes with it. So, in summary, let me just say this. Human beings are incredibly resilient, I think. We can cope with a lot. Whether it's cancer, a heart attack, or in my case, a spinal injury. But hey, I'm still here. Might not be able to walk, but I've been given a second chance. And if, like me, you are given a second chance, what do we do? We've just got to grab it, make the best of what we got, and try and live life to the full. With the help of family, and friends, and everybody who cares about us. And of course, In my case and in other cases, one of the reasons we survive is those incredible people at the NHS. And of course, during this COVID crisis, we're seeing more than ever just how amazing they are. And let me finish then with a special mention to all the boys and girls that work in the spinal units around the country, and especially all those at Pinderfield Spinal Unit, many of whom have become great friends. When you arrive at a spinal unit, you are like a baby. You've got no control over even your most basic bodily functions. You leave your dignity at the door and, to be honest, in some cases you wonder whether life is worth living anymore. But by the time you leave, they've rebuilt you. They've taught you how to manage those bodily functions. They get you out of bed. They get you moving. They show you how to get around and make the best of your new situation. They show you that life's worth living again and they give you your dignity back. Now, I hope you've enjoyed the music that we've played during this program. Uh, I'm going to spoil it all now by including a song that I wrote and recorded a while back. This came to me while I was feeling a bit low in the middle of the night in Pinderfields and I managed to put it to music eventually. It's only a couple of minutes long. Um, it's my little way of saying thank you. Uh, so I'll finish on this. Thanks for listening. This is For The Nurses.
3: This is Learn Radio Live.